Hello, my friend. This is Pat Boone, and just like you, I'm listening to On Faith Edge with Joe Taylor. It, it seems to me that love is really something that brings people together. It, it, no matter what differences we have, you know, what sides we're on, whenever we come from a place of love, it like it bring it unites people. Well, hello. Thank you, Pat Boone, for the introduction. I certainly appreciate you, my friend, and your support of the show. Welcome to the 131st episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. My very special guest today is the multi-talented Carla Bianco. Carla is perhaps best known from her role as Maureen in the Tony and Pulitzer Prize winning musical Rent. Of course, on Broadway, she was discovered by the legendary music producer and manager, John Jellybean Benitez. He worked with Madonna, Barbara Streisand, Paul McCartney, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Sting, and some other lightweights. Well, Jellybean Benitez ultimately signed her to a management contract and a publishing deal while she was still in college. And from there, she only went on to become an ASCAP award-winning number one Billboard chart-topping songwriter. Her newest faith-focused music project, You Love Me As I Am, has me really excited. Her powerhouse vocals, coupled with a soft, gentle presence, it's really something special to hear. I, I really appreciate this work. In our conversation, you'll hear the letters to God that guided her path the source of her tenacity, and what a story that is, and a sampling from the project, You Love Me As I Am. Carla, thank you so much for coming in. I certainly appreciate you being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Joe. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. I've been listening to your stuff and looking uh, looking at uh, the work you've done and pretty impar- pretty impressive career so far, Carla. Oh, well, thank you. It's It's been a great Great time, it yeah. really has. So you worked with Jellybean Benitez. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yes. Just, just so you know, folks, Jelly. If you've not heard of Jellybean Benitez, uh, he produced Madonna, worked with Madonna, Barbara Streisand, Paul McCartney, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Sting, and a few other unknown people. Right. So this is no this is no slouch. This guy know knows the business, and he. He knows what's going on, and you were determined that he was the person to move you forward. Yeah, it it was something uh, right when I moved to New York. I was going to NYU. I was 20 years old, and it was spring break, and everybody was going to the beach or doing that sort of thing. And I don't know. I thought, I have a week off from school. I'm going to take advantage of this time. And I remembered a friend said that Jellybean Benitez was always looking for new talent. So I thought, maybe I'll just find out where he works and I'll just wait for him and, and introduce myself and maybe play him a song. So that's what I did. I, I went to 57th Street and Broadway where his office was and I waited for him for three days. And I, I really didn't even know what he looked like because he was a producer. There wasn't a lot out there in, times, in terms of like visually. I just had his album cover and I talked to the security guard, and he said he always wore a black suit and white tennis shoes, and he came in around 11 o'clock. So on the third day, I was sitting there, and I, I, I looked down the street, and this guy comes walking down the street and has a black suit on, white tennis shoes. So 
he walks past me and I thought, oh, wow, what if that's him? So I run into the building and I yell his name, Jelly Bean, and it's echoing in this big marble lobby in this big office building, Jelly Bean, Jelly Bean. And he, he stops and I just look at him and I say, hi, uh, my name's Carla Bianco. I've been waiting for you for three days. Can I have 10 minutes of your time? I just want to show you what I can do. And he's staring at me and staring at me. And then all of a sudden he puts his hands up and, and like gives me the, you know, come with me kind of gesture. And so I, I go with him into the elevator and we go up to his office and I, I sat down at the piano and played a song that I wrote. And I gave him my demo. And a week later he called me to a meeting to his office and offered me a production deal and a management deal and a publishing deal as a songwriter. And he put the uh, one of the songs that I wrote on his next record, and, and that's how I broke into the music business. One of your songs hit number one on Billboard charts? Yeah. Um, the Lover That You Are, it's a dance song. I had written it with David Morales, who was a big DJ. He still is in New York and a producer, songwriter, and they had asked me, um, Jelly Bean and his sister, who ran the publishing company, asked me if I could write with David Morales. So we wrote a few songs together. And I, I was living in this women's residence uh, called uh, Jeanne d'Arc Residence uh, in Chelsea in New York. And I literally wrote that song in like 20 minutes, um, was in my, my room and uh, wrote it and didn't think much of it. It just came out really easily. And it was it was years later that Jellybean called me and said that Pulse had covered it. And a few weeks later, he called me and said it was like number 10 and number three. And then he called me and said, the song's number one on Billboard Dance Charts. I said, oh, you're kidding. And it just now is called like the song that never dies because so many people have remixed it. And it's played all over the world. And it's, it was just really one of those happy surprises. What a feeling, what a feeling it must be when you just, when you kind of accidentally hear that song, right? Yeah, yeah it is. It's neat. Yeah. For sure. You've been a quote unquote professional, Carla, for a long time. You had your first singing gig, quote unquote singing gig, at four years old. I did. I used to sing for my neighbor, Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. I would I would go to her house and she'd ask me to sing and I'd sing that song and she'd give me brownies. Well, she, there was a graduation party next door. My parents were there. So I went down to the party and my neighbor who would always give me the brownies, she was there as well. And she said, Carla, why don't you sing for us? So I just, you know, broke out into songs, singing my song that I always sang and somebody grabbed a styrofoam cup and passed it around and everybody put money in it and gave it to me and i remember holding that cup walking home and thinking this is so cool you know like i could totally do this for the rest of my life like it was just such an, a fun moment just an affirmation at four years old so uh, i'll never forget that can you look back at that memory do you remember that time or is this a story that your parents have told you or the, or your neighbors have told do you remember that I do. Oh, I that's do so remember cool. it. I do. I, I like I don't remember the whole scene, but like bits and pieces. And I especially remember that moment of holding that cup and and walking up the hill, like right to my my house. 
and just standing in front of everybody and singing. <laughs> At four years old, you're like, ooh, I yeah. like this. A yeah. little change in the cup. That's, that's so cute. Yeah. That is cute. You know, we're going to talk uh, in a few minutes here about uh, your, new, uh, your new musical project, Carla. But I do want to touch on a passion project of yours, Hearts, of Fo- Hearts on Fire. Yes. Tell us about your work with Hearts on Fire and why that's so important to you. It came out um, really at the same time that this shift happened into singing and writing Christian music. And I'm probably answering a a different question at the same time. But uh, I did have this moment when I went on a retreat, really feeling God's love in my heart. And it, it transformed me. It was one of those life moments. And from there, when I came home from that, I just had this whole new uh, perspective on why I I was living. You know, everything that I was doing was for God and and for the glory of God and to to share the love that I felt that He has for all of us. And, And Hearts on Fire was happening at the same time. I wanted and felt that calling to do something for others by through through music and through art. So a friend of mine who I had grown up with, we reconnected, had lunch, and her name's Carrie. We were totally on the same page about this idea of working with youth, doing visual arts and music and writing and sharing some type of theme, a God-like theme, whether it's kindness or compassion or that message of that we are loved and, and in through the art activity. And so we started doing some workshops and it just started to grow. And and now we're, we're in this new space. We just had an open house for this and we, we um, are working as a nonprofit and starting these programs for uh, youth that are in the Pittsburgh area in, in marginalized communities that um, were, were just bringing together. And it, it was just felt some to me something that was really important. And art is such a great way to share and express these important themes. So is Hearts on Fire necessarily faith-based? There's two different tracks. There's this Hearts on Fire track that's more faith-based for somebody or, um, or family or youth that wants to do- delve into scripture and, and, and connect that into an art activity. But then we have another track that's Arts of Kindness program, and that's more just around these themes of love or compassion or um, uh, doing something kind, like these acts of kindness, and expressing those themes through an art activity so that program could go you know even in a public school so we've we've really made it for everyone so everyone feels comfortable and there's something for everybody so the whole idea of of hearts on fire is you, you lift people up and you bring people along through creativity through music through art and and just the creative process absolutely yep yeah, it's just ex- expressing those uh, those those good themes that we you know we need to 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 snowball more of in life you know because life is just full of obstacles and difficulty every day every, we're coming across all kinds of things in small ways and big ways and those can snowball in their own way 
um, just causing um, anxiety and, and just dealing with people with mental health issues and there's just a lot of that today because it's just tough it's a tough time even with the pandemic and everything that's going on around that this is a way to snowball something good like a chain reaction of good and so when you create something you can you can then give it to somebody and then brighten their day too let's talk about you love me as i am i i tell you i, I listened to this i listened to this song and I was really, I was really touched by it, Carla. This song is beautiful. You love me as I am. Uh, the bold sound coupled with such a, a, a delicate texture. It's, it's inspiring, Carla. It is. This is your, you. your five musical projects in. Is that right? You have five releases at some level, some kind of about five musical projects. Um, in terms of like CDs and things like CDs, that. CDs, EPs, whatever it might be. Yeah, I, I, I. I mean, there's maybe uh, you may be right. Yeah, I mean, because I, think I, I am th right. yeah. Tell my I wife. Think so. will you? <laughs> <laughs> I I will do that. <laughs> so your five musical projects in. I counted them. I went on Amazon and counted them. As long as Amazon's okay. right, I counted them. Your five musical <laughs> projects in. Uh, but you love me as I am is your first contemporary Christian project. And like I said, it's a yeah. the the song itself is is beautiful, just bold and delicate, just. It's really got an inspiring sound, but why this project right now? Well, you know, I, I was starting to tell you a little bit about that time, and I know it was over five years ago, but that I, I went on that retreat and something just happened to me. A healing happened inside my heart like never before. So a weight that I had carried with a lot of... Um, well, I guess we all do in some way, shape, or form. A lot of self-condemning thoughts, um, th just things that weighed me down of thinking I'm not good in, in all kinds of ways, especially um, giving each other that grace whenever we disagree and trying to come from a, a place of acceptance and and, um, and, and love instead of uh, judgment separation. I mean, t that's... We need to that connect it, again, don't we? We need to connect. We do. Yeah. We do. We we need to connect. Absolutely. It's one of the songs on the EP is Love is the Answer. It's exactly what you're saying. I mean, it is it is I think it's the only answer. How do you hope your listeners and your fans are impacted by your music now, especially this turn to a more spiritual side? I hope especially with this single that when they hear it, something really rings true in their heart and in their soul that they are completely loved by, by God. And that it's just an undeniable love that will never, ever go away. And, and that it's the truest, very true. And that they, they feel it in such a way that it renews them that it inspires them, brings new hope into their lives, and gives them the inspiration to, to share that with someone else, that they are loved and that they can share it with someone else. I, I, that, that's what I'm hoping comes with that song and just really w with the whole EP, that it leaves them with a feeling of, of inspiration and, and hope for the future. Let's take a listen to You Love Me As I Am by Carla Bianco. In the dark. 
Where did that tenacity come from, Carla? Um, well, you know, I, I have to say, I, I think it's from my parents because my dad came to this country with nothing and didn't even know the language and um, had two sons already. And he came over first on his own for a year and got a job and, and then called my mom and brothers to come over and they came over on the boat. And, uh, you know, he it started with nothing with my mother and me and my sister were born here. But... Um, they just made made this whole new life for us. I really had to have that tenacity with him to kind of convince him to get me a piano and to get me piano lessons and voice lessons and always kind of fighting my way to to pursue music and um, proving that it was something that I could make a living at and do. So my mom and dad coming from Italy um, were really trying to you know, integrate into America and and build this life here and raising their children to to do something that was just a little bit more, I, I don't want to say, but like safe, you know, like a real job where you go to college and you definitely get a job and make good money and can build a life and get married, have children. And, and I was having this passion for music and it was just this uncertain kind of life. And it just became just a struggle that I would have with my dad in terms of wanting to pursue that and him not me wanting not wanting me to do that necessarily. And um, so we went through a lot of back and forth and a lot of conflict with that. And and it was just hard as being a kid, especially whenever you were writing songs and creating and putting something out for the first time just even just playing the piano and singing in your in my basement wanting approval of that i guess so uh, your parents wanted you to be a a lawyer or a doctor or some kind of professional some kind of american dream type of life exactly exactly and then what i what i was wanting to do didn't fit into that picture did you ever gain that approval that acceptance I would talk to my friends and they would say, oh, your dad is so proud of you. I'm like, I wish you would tell me that. I guess I didn't really, really know it. And this might be sound kind of sad un until my dad passed away um, because it's a funny thing if you have a, a parent pass away that, mm. and maybe a loved one in general, but all of this all of the stuff that was difficult just like disappears mm. you know and all that came over me looking out in the backyard at his garden that he grew was just this wash of love i just felt this wash of love come over me that he always loved us so much it was always there and sometimes you just can't really feel it or see it whenever you do have conflict with someone, but it, it's there. It's, it's, it was underneath it all. And I, it didn't really hit me until then. We put up these silly walls sometimes to the people that are closest to us uh, because of our own egos, because of our own desires, our own drive. And, and uh, once we, once we realize that none of that's important, but it's love in a relationship. We make that Absolutely. complete turn. 
Can we talk about your personal faith? Sure. How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? That's a question I don't think I've ever asked myself. Did, did you grow up I, in it? Let me ask you this way. Did you grow up in a Christian family? I did. I get I guess it just that was something I always knew because my like I said, my parents are from Italy, so they were raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. And then we were too. And my my mom was, you know, she had pictures of Jesus and you know, we we, we went to church every Sunday. She um she taught us all about Jesus since we were little. We were just raised into it, really. But was there a time in in your adult life that you took a step back and you said, yeah, I, I really believe this stuff about God? I had my own personal relationship with God and with Jesus since I was little, I, and I really am thankful for that. I I. I don't know how that came, but it existed because I used to write letters to God, and especially in that, that I was kind of felt on my own with that desire to do music, use those talents, and like I said, I kind of was fighting my way to prove to my dad, especially, that that was something that I could do. I was in my room a lot, writing and singing, and, and I would write letters to God and call Him my best friend and tell him these things it, through a letter and through prayer of like, I really want to do music and this is challenging and how am I going to do this? And I, I would always pray that I wanted to do God's will. I thought, you know, I have these talents and there must be something, a reason for them of what he wants. And that was always my prayer. And that was all through my school years. I Even before I had to make my move to New York, which that was um, something that I was alone in as well. I, I uh, Just a, a little story there that I was going to college nearby my house, and I originally went for journalism because my, my parents, like I said, weren't so keen on the whole performer idea that I went for journalism for one week and then saw everybody in the studios dancing and singing, and I switched my major to musical theater and uh pretty much as time went on my parents got to know that and they were okay with it i i really think all along the way they they wanted to know that i had the courage and and desire and really was going to see it through to do what was necessary in terms of making something happen with music because it's so competitive and difficult whenever i had to moved to New York, I had that idea. I applied to NYU because I thought, well, it's college, maybe my, my parents will go for that. And I did it in secret, like I didn't tell anybody that I was applying. And I applied to the jazz vocal department because it was something that you could do without auditioning in, per in person. You could just send a recording. So I learned how to sing jazz. I worked with a jazz teacher. And I was it was me and God through this whole process. I was just praying and writing letters about it. And Lord, if this is something you really want me to do to go to New York. And, and then I got accepted and told my sister and my brothers first, and they supported me and they came with me to go to my mom and dad. And, and then they, it was a miracle. They said, okay. And I was able to go, but through that whole process, even through New York, of going to wait outside Jelly Bean's office, all of those things that 
required overcoming fear and and being courageous it it was it was god uh the whole time uh, always by my side i like i said i called him my best friend and it was always that prayer of whatever your will is i want it, your will to be done and i i stayed close through through this whole journey most people look at god as this even even believers still look at god as this this entity this guy out there mm-hmm. and what what you're saying is your relationship with god is as this friend this <laughs> best friend walking side by side with you helping you recognize opportunity and things like that is that right that is right that is right as an artist you spend a lot of time in solitude you know you're you're writing um you're practicing you're singing i would spend hours in my basement when i would come home from school like four hours i'd get my homework done right away and i'd be down in the basement putting on whole shows i'd be at the piano writing songs and then i put the record player on and i was doing whole performances for imaginary audiences and when you spend that kind of time like that in solitude it's it's the the relationship with god i don't know it's it just seems more tangible because it, you're having that quiet time and you really need to kind of be still you know that like that be still and know that i'm god it's when you have that time like that that you're alone you feel his presence even stronger and i feel really blessed to have felt him all along like that because of because of your professional experience i mean you were you had a major role in rent on broadway uh you've been in a couple uh major motion pictures uh, of course, your your singing career, your work with Jelly Bean. Was there ever a time, or have you had a time where you were uh, you questioned your faith, or you're you're wondering where God is and what are you doing with me, God? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I remember whenever I had been in New York um, with with my publishing deal with Jelly Bean, I was I was working so hard trying to, even though I had met him, you still you know you're trying to get out there and get a record deal and um make the music you know record some records and all that that i wanted to to do and and plug in away and, and a lot of opportunities falling through and things not working out and writing more songs and that went on for a good five or six years really working so hard and like lord when when is something gonna break and i left new york and moved to los angeles and at that time i just hit this really kind of dark period where i was mad at god because i had prayed to him and and i brought me to new york and it seemed like these doors were opening but then all these obstacles were happening and i wrote a lot of songs at that time about my past and some of the the difficulties um with my dad things that that i felt about my childhood that that were hard and and songs to to god too just expressing the confusion and the anger and i just got to a place where i just kind of all let it go i i, I was just like god i have no idea I have no idea what 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 you want me to do and it was at that time that when I was in that I swear the darkness before the dawn like I really that is a thing 
because I was in that, that like a rock bottom type of place. And then my friend called me from New York and told me about this show, Rent, and said that there was this part that was perfect for me. And I, I said, oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm writing my music. I'm not really pursuing musical theater, even though that's what I majored in. And then I went to a bookstore later that day and I, I opened up a magazine and there was the, the ad for the auditions in Los Angeles that they were doing the West Coast premiere. And I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's interesting. She told me about it. And then I saw that I thought maybe I should go. So I did. I brought my boombox and I, I sang a song that I wrote, one of those kind of angry songs that I was going through that period. And they called me back seven times for, the, for this part. And I ended up landing this part in rent and had no idea really what, what I was getting into in terms of the, the impact that show had on people. I mean, I had listened to the show and was crying listening to it because it's such a beautiful theme about love. You know, the, the big song from that show is Seasons of Love and a, about um, living in the moment and really appreciating what we have in the moment because you never know when, when somebody may be gone or that moment is gone. Once I took the part and went into this whole other realm of entertainment and let go of all the songwriting and everything, just this whole new world opened up and, and it was the most amazing, unexpected gift and experience that I had ever had. And then it renewed, I was renewed in, in, in my faith at that time because I, I saw that that was part of the journey, that hitting that bottom like that and going through that darkness, that God never did leave me and that it was okay to express all that stuff. Mm. That he that he knows, you know, that we're human beings and we're living this human condition that's filled with so many disappointments and difficulties and obstacles and death and disease and and he knows that. And we're not we're not supposed to act like, oh, it's all great. We we have to express our emotions. That's why I think that art is so important because art is a place where if you can't express your emotions verbally, like in just talking to somebody, you can make something. You can you can put your hands on a drum and drum it out. You can write something. You can you can put paint on a paper, a finger paint, and it, get it out and move through it. We are. I think we are to express um, how we feel, but God ne never leaves us, and we do go through those ups and downs like that. But to me, it's like the death and resurrection of Christ in our experiences and in our day to day, in our seasons of life. This is so profound, Carla. God knows that you're angry. God knows that you're sad. God knows that you're confused. God knows that you're angry at him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he knows that you're confused about what is he doing with your life. He knows all this and it's okay mm -hmm. to express this to God, right? It's okay Absolutely. to be angry with God and let him know you're angry and confused and sad and disconnected. Uh, that is so profound, Carla, that many Christians, many believers won't accept that, that it's okay. God knows. God gets it. He's God, right? Right. <laughs> uh 
you know, God wants us to come to him honestly. He, he, I don't think he expects us to, to, to put, put on for him. You know, he knows our hearts. Carla, what would you say to that person that is right on Faith's Edge? Maybe a fan of yours, maybe somebody that knows your music and knows your career. And that person's about to make the choice to believe or not to believe in God. What would you say to that person? I would say, talk to God about it. The God that you think that might be out there, maybe you're not sure, give it a try and and talk honestly about what you're thinking, what your what your concerns are, what your um, what you don't believe, where your doubts are, and and talk about it, write it down, and see see where it takes you. Talk maybe talk about it with a friend too, and see where it leads. And if if you take that chance and and act and have that will, like to say, you know, I want to believe. Try it. See, see where that that goes because honestly it's only going to go to a good place to take take a a, a step of, of courage in that direction i don't think we can say anything more than that the project is you love me as i am and it is beautiful this song is wonderful thank you so much for being with us carla bianco i certainly appreciate it Oh, thanks, Joe. It was great to be here. Take care. God bless. You too. Carla's website is carlabianco.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-B-I-N-C-O.com, carlabianco.com, where you can find out more about her projects, her, what she's working on, and this beautiful project, You Love Me As I Am. I'll put her website, links to her music, and her social media links in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 131. That's on faithsedge.com slash 131. And if you want to contact me, I am most active on Twitter at at 4JoeTaylor, or you can contact me at onfaithsedge.com slash contact. That's onfaithsedge.com slash contact. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If this show entertains you, if it, if it encouraged you, it in, if it informed you in any way whatsoever, brings value to, li- to your life, Will you consider financially backing the show? The best way you can do that right now is to use any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com. I'm going to get a modest commission from the purchase, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for Carla Bianco for being with us. And thank you. Thank you so much for listening. You mean a lot to me and you mean a lot to this show. God is real. He loves you. And so do I. God bless. God bless.